And what about you? How you've been? Uh, uh, the beginning of the whole keratin was a bit um, challenging for me because I had a lot of jobs or I planned some trips oh, uh, during this time. Yeah, so everything was cancelled and rescheduled. So in the beginning it was really hard and I did not know how it will uh, continue. But now I had a few jobs in Berlin, which also been really cool. And yeah, the job's just been rescheduled and not canceled. So I still hope after this crisis, everything will go back to normal and uh, jobs will still happen. And yeah, also trying to stay creative, um, trying to stay busy somehow during these days. Yeah. And yeah, also working on my prints and presets, trying to get some digital products or other products out there, uh, which I can sell during quarantine. Yeah, I guess in general, it's a pretty good time also to do some work on, I don't know, websites or basically try yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. set up other kind of income streams, which are like separated from like one-to-one -one interaction because I, I don't know, for me, I, I was doing a lot of workshops and they were all canceled yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. because um, yeah. people can't travel. So that hit me or my business quite hard. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's a good idea to set up additional income streams, anyways. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I heard on the podcast, Conrad, that you were having an exhibition in a coffee shop. Yeah. The, What's the situation? Is it open by now? Can we go? No, the coffee, the coffee is, is closed. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it will open Monday again, but um, with no crowd, like just the, the pickup. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, the exhibition is postponed, so there's uh, no date for the vernissage yet because we don't know when everything <laughs> can open again. <laughs> and then yeah, you need a bit of time uh, in advance to to set the the event and everything. So uh, I can't see it really in May. <laughs> so maybe in June. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. At least uh, it's gonna still happen and it's not cancelled, right? So yeah, it's 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 gonna happen. Like half of the prints are already done, and uh, Jack, like, hello, <laughs> hi, hi. Sorry, I had some internet issues. <laughs> no Welcome. Yeah, like as I said, half of the prints are done, um, and the other half it's uh, already like finished to to print. So I could I could do it in, in two days, three days, but uh, yeah, let's see when the cafe opens and when the space is available for people yeah, again. Yeah, let us know. Can't wait to, to go visit and see all your nice work. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I will spread the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how is it going besides that for you? Any uh, rescheduled trips or? Yeah, I had like uh, similar to you and like probably all of you i had um, a few things in the line and uh, they were all postponed or they were cancelled even mm -hmm. um but i, I have uh, one or maybe two uh, partners that are still producing content and uh, i can do this from berlin or in berlin yes, yes. so um, i'm i'm pretty glad about this opportunity but apart from this uh, three bigger trips were cancelled mm -hmm. I was I was quite sad, but on the other hand, it's just it's just like how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I also think people spend a lot of time on social media these days. So some companies will definitely need content to do promotion now and everything. So I think yeah. there are still some jobs, but it's just hard to travel out of Berlin or out of Germany somehow. Yeah, also productions are a bit uh, harder to do because of all the um, social distancing yes, regulations. Yes. So you have to uh, be aware that if you're film or photograph in a public uh, 
space that you won't come too close to to a crowd mm. um that you don't have a, a big team with, with uh, a lot of people um, close to each other so there's also some difficulties when you when you want to do something bigger in yeah, Berlin. Yeah, like, for sure of course going out to shoot some photos on your own is easy as as always <laughs> <laughs> maybe the public transport is uh, a thing that you could avoid yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, apart from this uh, gladly here in berlin it's uh, still possible to uh, yeah just do do a photo walk or something small mm -hmm. yeah I mean, Jack, how is it going for you <laughs> it's pretty good actually um since uh, photographing uh just as an intro for all also for everyone uh like i'm not like a full-time photographer yet i also have a nine-to-five job uh where i'm working in a medical company designing products there so we are still operating i'm still going for my job so which is keeping me busy <laughs> on the other hand also as Marcel mentioned right now social media is booming a lot so i'm also trying to expand my presence uh, in different platforms as much as i can starting from TikTok. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. <laughs> wow, yeah. And you so you're you said you're not a full-time photographer. You're planning on leaving your full-time job uh, soon? Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. in the future, yeah. That's great to hear. Follow the dream, huh? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but it's also like engineering is some is also something which I uh, like doing, so which has helped me to travel to all these countries and this is how I got into travel photography. And this so I just don't want to give up as soon as, uh, like, just like that, but when the right opportunity arrives. Mm. Yeah, but also for you, some jobs has been rescheduled or canceled, right? Definitely, definitely, yes. <clears throat> On the other hand, I'm doing something productive at home, just creating content, improving my skills, also online presence, and also reviewed uh, some gadgets. Like I just still got some lights and other things from some companies which I was reviewing and giving them product uh, photography pictures for them. So it is still good. Even in this crisis period, like not all the businesses are, are completely shut down. They still have to do some kind of marketing yeah. for their products. So it's really nice. You can still reach out to certain companies and, and still get some products that can relate to your niche and in exchange for either money or for exposure. <laughs> yeah. I think the company, they slowly start like the end of February and uh, the whole March there was kind of like a shock situation um, where there was almost all of the emails were cancellations and uh, you know like this um, uh, let's let's keep this in mind uh, after this is over and now it's starting that um, yeah the content is going more towards uh, corona yeah. topics or um, yeah kind of like this so mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah it's it's, it's quite interesting the first shock is, is over. I have this yeah, thing. it's getting slightly normally on, on some sites. Also next week, some shops will open again. So let's see how it develops. But in the past, also after they um, after uh, they made it easier or they, they how to say, uh, they removed some of the uh, laws. Mostly the numbers get higher again. So I don't know how, how it will go, but let's see. I'm also uh, trying to mm -hmm. be positive and hope that everything will go in a good well, uh, way and also really soon. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, definition of travel photography. <laughs> <laughs>
like how did you guys start uh for example fabian um for, yeah. uh, i just had a uh, i uh, had a look in your website and you start you were you studied uh architecture right and how did yeah, you enter right. travel photography yeah yeah this is also something um, i would be interested to hear from you guys have you been a traveler in the first place and then became a photographer or have you been a photographer and then started traveling also so for me it was definitely um i started traveling first but almost simultaneously like the uh, passion for photography grew and um, I was while studying architecture I was always more on the design part and like the aesthetics of everything but never interested in going to a construction site and yelling at people that they have to do everything again so um, once this uh, became more and more obvious I just had to um, take the leap and like follow yeah basically follow the passion for for photography and since then trying to make it work and so far till corona it did work kind of it's getting harder now but i mean it's not the easiest job anyways right so it's always always a struggle i i suppose but um, as long as it's your passion you're willing to um to yeah i don't know maybe not doing financially as well as in a, in a job for the government or stuff like that so yeah yeah but you, have, you always have to uh, consider anyway that uh, if you work as a freelancer, like a, a one-man show, that there's always a period, can always be a period of time where Absolutely. you have no income. Um, not only in Corona times, you can be injured, you can be sick uh, with whatever, um, or just, yeah, something happens in your family. So um, now it's just that everyone is in the yeah. same situation. That's the, that's the new thing. No, but I mean, I, I also, I, I ran my own architecture office for like three or four years with two friends. So I had somehow uh, experience and like being self-employed and all of the stuff that comes with it. So um, I guess that also helped me set up this business I'm, I'm working on now. Um, I guess there's, there's a lot of like fields where you can uh, grab uh, information and experience from and put into your your new kind of business so yeah totally i think i think uh travel photography for me it's it's about exploring the planet right it's about getting out there and explore the external but also the internal i think photography for me has been a way of finding my own voice and being able to self-express through through the images that I create, I I would always I, I would always be the introvert type of person, right? And not being able to 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 express myself so much with words. And I think through photography, I think I found uh, this way of expressing myself. And I started out. I mean, it's funny because for me. Um, I'm a bit more focused on landscape mm -hmm. photography and adventure and the outdoors. Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you look at my Instagram, that's the first things that you'll see, right? So I started out first uh, mountaineering, doing hiking and then mountain expeditions. Um, and I studied before communications, communications and digital media back in Mexico. So during my career, I tried to find a way of put it all together, right? My career, which was communication and something that I loved so much that was the mountains and the outdoors. So yeah, I, 
I started reaching out to tourism magazines in Mexico and stuff like that. And little by little, I started to find my own path and figuring out that what I wanted to do the most was travel photography and getting to know the world and exploring more and more. <laughs> for me, it was almost uh, the same like for Fabian. Um, I went traveling and bought my first camera for this trip before I never used a camera or something like this, just my smartphone, maybe two times in a month for some party or pictures and that's it. Uh, but through this trip, I bought the first camera, um, took about 10,000 photos in seven months and really tried out a lot of different stuff, landscape, I tried out long exposures and everything. And this is also where the passion for photography started for me. But also where I realized uh, traveling is really nice because you learn a lot about yourself and about the world. And for me, it made a lot of things easier. And yeah, I, uh, the dream with the travel photography is to inspire people to do the same and also to go out and see the world themselves. And it's always a nice feeling because I think it helps almost everybody. And yeah, this is also the, the passion driving me behind that, sharing my view and motivating people to go out there because the world is beautiful and there's really a lot to see. So it's it's pretty interesting because I think um, travel photography is pretty contrary to what the rest of the media is is, is like mm -hmm. reporting back home because travel photography almost shows only the like super beautiful places like those epic sceneries of mountains or outdoors whatever well normally the um, news you get from other countries through to the other media like newspapers tv shows whatever most of the time it's rather on the negative side so um yeah i can absolutely relate to what marcel said uh, yeah pretty much the same for me it's it's nice to bring back some like nice news from out in the world that the world is a nice and beautiful place and not as dangerous <laughs> as a lot of people want to make you believe it is. So, yeah. True, true. Yeah. Great, yeah. And what was the last trip you guys went on? We're sorry uh, if I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no ah, I was just asking where Marcella is going. <laughs> now she's back. Uh, last trip, um, my last trip was uh, to Asia actually <laughs> in uh, February 2020. So when the Corona crisis began, um, and I also had to shorten this trip because um, uh, I was quite unsure at this time. Um, I was in Hong Kong and I got an email by the, the flight company that my flight back to Germany is canceled. So I needed to find another flight uh, and uh, I had to shorten my trip our trip i was uh, with my girlfriend and um yeah uh came back on the 13th or 14th of february um with a stop in uh, dubai and uh, here in germany there was uh, corona was nothing really yeah. to talk to talk about at this time and uh, in asia it was completely different like everyone was already really aware everyone was wearing this mask like secondary everywhere in, in hong kong um on the streets and, and everywhere so i was actually quite shocked when I came back how easy the situation is, is uh, like how the people um, look very easy on the situation and I was always telling uh, my, my friends and relatives uh, guys watch out this is uh, going to be something for the whole world and not only for Asia um, and then yeah um, and it happened <laughs> 
Yeah, I was quite sure that, that uh, this will come. Yeah, through. wow! Like you, you were there before, and you saw what was going on, right? For me, it's funny because. Yeah, I mean, when I when I when I uh, came to Hong Kong, there were only 16 confirmed oh. cases, which is quite low if you compare it to Berlin. They have like six thousands now, uh, almost. Um, but um, the the hysteria or the fear was very very visible everywhere. Mm. I mean, uh, they had this problems with SARS in 2002, which spread out from Hong Kong back then. So the, the community or the, the most of the people that live there, they are still uh, aware of this situation and they, they can't can remember uh, apart from childs and, and teenagers. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons why they really, really um, kept going and, and, and uh, taking strict measurements uh, at the beginning, strict measures. Um, yeah, yeah, and then they did pretty, pretty well actually because they are really close to China. Like they have several border crossings, and um, a lot of a lot of travelers um, go in and out Hong Kong and China. So they did a really good job. In yeah, yeah, step. for sure, they did. That, that's interesting because I had kind of the um, contrary experience. I've been to Indonesia until <laughs> um, like mid of mm -hmm. March and. Almost till we mm -hmm. left, Indonesian government said they don't have any cases. Well, the days I, before mm -hmm. I left, they confirmed the first cases in Jakarta. Uh -huh. And uh, everybody was like super chill over there. Like nobody was wearing masks, nothing. And then flights got canceled, came back to Germany. Mm -hmm. And here I really dove into the whole situation. So it was almost the opposite. Uh, opposite yeah, yeah. Because of one month uh, gap between yeah. us, I think, yeah. right? It's but, funny for um, me. Yeah, it was. Sorry, you go ahead. No, sorry. I think it was a similar experience for me, like you. Everything seemed like a movie in an outside world. Mm -hmm. I was in in Iceland uh, for for like ten days or two weeks in the beginning of March, and I was wondering if I should go or not. But in the end, uh, yeah, it was. It had been planned long before so i i did go in the end but when i was there is when everything went crazy and i mean i think there was a lot of people canceling their trips or i think there was a lot of less people than like less crowded than it usually is so i mean <laughs> that was a good thing right for for photography but yes. it was crazy and and when i came back to germany it was like oh wow like this is real and right? this is going on and it was crazy being there. It was. It, it seemed like a movie. <laughs> yeah, same for me. Yeah. For me, it was almost similar. I've been in Barcelona uh, beginning of March, and it was already a topic, and people were talking about it, but nobody took it really serious. And for me, everything was quite normal in Barcelona. Everything was open everywhere. A lot of people, no mask. And as I returned to Germany. It was getting serious where I went to the store in the morning and I could not buy toilet paper or any bread or any noodles or nothing. Then I realized, okay, something is going to happen here. And yeah, one week later, uh, the shutdown happened. So, yeah. And Spain also went crazy. So it's good that you came back to Germany yeah, in yeah, time. I, I lived in, the, in the right time, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's also, um, as I heard that Spain is like uh, one of the most affected countries now, I decided to stay at home for three weeks and self-quarantine myself because you never know. And yeah, but luckily I'm healthy until now. So nothing happened over there. 
Yeah, I remember Marcel was there in Barcelona. I said um, here in Germany, it's starting to get a bit crazy. <laughs> And it's getting mm. difficult to buy even toilet papers. And he was like, ah, come on, it should be, it should not be that bad. <laughs> and I was like, go, go to Amazon, but not even like <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think nobody <laughs> believed what was really going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, of course, a lot of trips, as uh, same as you guys, like a lot of trips has been canceled this uh, period. Hopefully things get better soon, but uh, uh, yeah, like the options right now are maybe we can just work on improving the skills that we always wanted to work on, like uh, either learning a new software or having more media presence or like selling prints or skill sets, whatever we have right now. And uh, as I mentioned before, also like uh, reviewing products which are related to the, our niches. But apart from that, how are you guys keeping yourself productive these days? Yeah, also working a lot on projects which uh, I wanted to do for a long time because now I can finally do it, like updating the website, updating the portfolio, managing my archive, sorting my pictures. And yeah, there's really a lot to do. So until now, I'm not really bored. Uh, just sometimes on the weekend, it's getting like a bit boring. But besides that, I keep myself really busy with all the things I normally have no time for. Ah. So yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same for me. I worked a lot, like set up a new website and working on two projects I always wanted to do, but never really found the time. Um, I mean, obviously, no one's paying for this stuff yet, but I think it's still, as I said in the beginning, good thing to, I don't know, set up additional income streams and, streams, and that's a good time to, to do the stuff you never had the time um, um, to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, travel photography is a niche out there that is getting very popular, right? And there's a lot of people doing travel photography and landscape, and I think there's more photos being taken today than ever. Yeah. Because, yes. you know, phones, right? And I think uh, photography and travel photography is about being unique, right? And about finding your own voice and about failing and winning and failing and winning and standing up. So I think this time, these Corona times in which we have to be locked down in our houses, reinventing ourselves is like a push. And I see it like like a push to to... To get even better at this, right? At at finding who you are, at finding your own voice, and and, and seeing things differently. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good thing. But I think it's what we constantly have to be doing. Like we constantly have to be learning and pushing ourselves, not only during these times and these weeks, but but all the time. That's <laughs> But I have the feeling that it's getting harder to uh, motivate uh, me <laughs> the week by week. <laughs> so in the beginning, I was quite uh, actually I was quite okay with having a bit of downtime, a bit of a rest. Um, but uh, after a while now, <laughs> I mean, I have I can do these neighborhood walks um, with my dog, <laughs> and that's that's the, that, that's basically the, the time when I take photos, and I, I pretty much feel remembered to. To my very beginnings of, of Instagram photography, where I was just out in Berlin every day and like literally trying to find spots without any uh, specific target or something. 
So it's kind of going back back to the beginnings at the moment for me. Wow. Yeah. But Marcel mentioned to me that uh, right now it's kind of easier or nicer to take pictures of architecture, right? Oh, like yeah, with less sure people around, and uh, <laughs> if you're taking a walk around your neighborhood, you can still take uh, really cool pictures. And the, and also the weather is getting better, except for the last few days, but. Yeah, right now it's really easy and I think when you go out alone and keep distance from others and yeah for me when I go outside right now I only use a bicycle so I try to avoid uh, people in every kind and every form and yeah this worked really good for me and also a lot of locations are right now super empty so where you normally have to wait half an hour until you have your shot you, you can take it in a few minutes and you're done but yeah that's just what I do and also I did uh, three weeks of self-quarantine before but as I realized okay it's getting a bit more normal and also I'm still healthy after Barcelona I started to go out from time to time but they are alone or with a bicycle. I mean you could also see it as an opportunity right how, how often do you have a situation like that and you could almost try mm -hmm. to also cover it in a kind of documentary style photography which is not in my opinion, not too far away from, from travel photography. So, I mean, how often do we have like a situation like this, which is, I don't know, close to, a, yeah, not really a war zone, but, but it's, it's a really, it's a really different situation everywhere. So I never experienced something like this before. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's interesting what you're saying about the documenting stuff and, and traveling. I think it's something that um we have uh, to take into account or at least for me as a nature and landscape photographer it's not only about capturing something nice but about telling a story yeah. right yeah and we could be positioned i mean now places get crowded all the time right and we we could be like standing together in the same spot putting the tripod in the same place and taking the same photo but we can tell a completely different story on what we are seeing. And I think that's where, where the real value is, right? When it's not about the photo you take, but what would you see and the story you tell from, from that place or from that time or from those people. And, and that's where it's the real, the real thing. I'm, I'm always wondering, like, how important is it for travel photography to be beautiful in the common sense? Because whenever you see, I mean, normally you associate travel photography with like magazine covers, beautiful beaches, animals, people, whatever, all of that stuff. But to me, it's also covering, I don't know, for example, you go to India, you have the Taj Mahal, of course, it's beautiful, but you also have a lot of poverty, which is also travel photography. It's also telling this story. On the other hand, with the rise of social media, it always feels like people are not at all interested in that, you know? I can see it on my, on my grid, like when I when I post like more of those like real photos, like um, engagement is very, very low compared to the really beautiful shots. So I'm wondering um, what the, the influence of social media is on the way we take photos, because in the end we want to sell, right? We want to, we, we have to make a living out of that. But um, like we're, we're, you know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's, a, it's a slim, thin line to walk between like really telling the whole story and delivering photos that really want to that really make people want to travel to a certain destination 
So I think it really depends on, on, on your purpose of, of photo photography once you're traveling. I mean, you can do private photos, of course, then you're also a travel photographer in the, in the wider definition. Um, in, in a professional way, it really depends on the, on the, yeah, on the client or customer that pays you for this. I mean, um, I can imagine like a hotel group or, or something like this, like a destination marketing. They want to see the beautiful sites or even maybe the, 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 the random sites, but in a, in a new way. Um, that's, that's something that I get asked uh, quite often <laughs> that they say like, we have these uh, strange buildings, uh, but uh, can you take nice pictures of it? Uh, is it possible? So that's, that's something that some clients uh, would like to incorporate. But then on the other hand, you also mentioned um, you can do um, like documentary style and travel photography and you, you go for these hidden spots, you go for the, like you said, poverty or whatever, like more authentic places um, that you wouldn't see when you're on a, on a holiday. And, and I think that's one of the other sides of travel photography is sh uh, showing people the stuff that they, they wouldn't even see when they are traveling. So mm -hmm. I think this is um, really, really depends on your, on your client and on the purpose of, of your photography. Yeah, I totally think the same because you can, for me, I shoot architecture a lot. Also in Barcelona, I shoot a lot of architecture, but it's still like travel photography. And so I can also do in Berlin now the same for other people who are not living in Berlin. For them, it's still travel photography. So yeah, I think you it's uh, always uh, depends on which style you are shooting and also on which client you are shooting for. Yeah, for sure. We lost somebody, right? Uh, we have, we have uh, quite quite a uh, few questions I've seen, like uh, at least two questions asking how to approach to clients um, when you want to work uh, with international clients or on like international jobs. Um, so guys, maybe you can share uh, a bit of your insights, um, how you approach clients, how you will get approached by, by clients. Maybe you can, you can just share some insights because there was a question. Mm -hmm. Jack, do you want to go? Yeah, I did answer there. I just advised her, uh, the person, like she has some experience working uh, here in Berlin and also lived in lived in Dubai for five years, and she has done so many different jobs for websites and magazines, and uh, she has some trouble in finding some international clients. So my, I just uh, replied uh, with my of creating a media kit, <clears throat> listing all the projects that she has worked with different customers and reach out to potential uh, people who might be interested after studying what they really need. Like, uh, for example, uh, they can study what the customer's website looks like or their social media looks like. They can try to understand what the product, what their product is. And if they see uh, they are missing on some key elements or in terms of content, we can make uh, a proposal saying uh, this can be done by the person and it's kind of uh, hard to put a price in the beginning just so that you don't want to scare them off uh, but just saying okay I can make this better for you if you are interested get in touch with me and then let's discuss and then from there if they are interested then we can uh, negotiate with the price so this was uh, kind of my suggestion there yeah I, would, yeah I would say almost the same so it's important to contact uh, companies brands or also agencies and send them like your nice portfolio or your media kit or a small text with the value you can provide them and when you do this on a regular basis I think you will get some jobs from time to time sometimes even more and when you do the jobs good the customer will come back to you and yeah 
with a lot of time you can build like clients or more jobs on a regular basis this is what i think and also what helps is like um being active on social and uh, going on networking events and stuff like this, because often you just meet people on some events, you are not looking for a job, but they kind of like you and your work and they offer you a job two or three weeks later. So I had this a few times. So also, yeah, like uh, being active on social and visiting events, talking to others can really help. I think something important to consider is like creating a portfolio focused on the niche that you're trying to target, right? Because if you're going to offer some session for a restaurant, you're not going to show them your wedding photo photographs, right? Like, or your fashion <laughs> sessions and sideways works as well. So I think it's important that you separate in your portfolio uh, the different types of photography that you do and only show them that work and like don't tell them oh i do travel photography and i do food but i can also do this right like they have to know that you're an expert at something and not at a lot of things so you can also like gain more trust from them definitely definitely agree mm -hmm. yes <laughs> <laughs> are there more yeah there are a few other questions as well here yeah, let's let's go through them Oh, it is going on a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to reply there as much as I can, but yeah. <laughs> um, maybe this is the, this I, I, I checked the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, um, I see someone here asking about uh, taking photos up in the mountains in, or in remote locations. Um, he asks, do you typically travel solo or bring or hire a team? And I think this depends a lot on what your goal is. Um, maybe it's something that is, uh, well, I, I usually, if I'm going to go to the mountains or a remote place, I never go alone because I think it's uh, anything can happen, right? And for security reasons, it's always better to bring at least someone, but maybe that someone is gonna be a friend or maybe that someone is gonna be a couple of friends and maybe those people can help you, right? Maybe you can offer them something or like in exchange for their help and you can just make it in a friendly way. Um, and then if you're going for something big or a very professional uh, or a paid gig that you're gonna do up in a remote place, of course, I think it's uh, very important to consider to bring some extra help and consider that in the budget that you're like in, the, the, the client's going to pay for that. Right. So you have to consider that you're in your plan. Um, but yeah, it's always important to, to bring someone with you, I would say. Mostly for security yeah, reasons. Especially, yeah, especially in the mountains, the weather can change really fast yeah. and things like that. So I think going alone, alone is a bit dangerous, especially when you have a lot of fear and you cannot move far. So yeah, yeah I, I, so a couple of extra hands could help. Or even if you're just shooting with natural light and you don't need a lot of equipment, it's always safer to bring someone with you. And it's also more fun shooting. Of course. Uh, or hiking or something. Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, what other questions? From Sophia. What's the question? This is too much. 
Yo, Uh, how to show your work to clients? Um, how to start to be about your yeah, business? Yeah. Uh, definitely create a website. Uh, you can also you can use social media, but I think a website looks more professional. And just upload your your finest work there, and also something about you, where clients can get to know you or what you are doing a little bit. And yeah, when you're have the portfolio done, you can send it to clients via email, or you can also do Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever you prefer to get people on the portfolio and people who like it will probably send you email. Yeah, and don't be afraid to do it. For example, for me, I was uh, working for one year after I graduated from university in Mexico. And after that year, in which I was building my whole network, reaching out to clients and increasing my social media and I had to leave, right? And I came back to, and I came to, to Berlin to a whole new city for me where I didn't know anyone. I didn't even speak the language. And, and you realize that there is a, a whole um, community of creatives out there doing the same and also starting. So don't be afraid to reach out, knock doors, show your photos and keep shooting until you keep getting better and better at it. Yeah, yes, I also think that just don't wait till everything is like perfect because it's never going to be perfect. You're going to look at your stuff like I just said in the, in the chat. You're going to look at your stuff you're creating today in two years and you're going to think, oh my God, it sucks. How, how could I? I mean, at least this was the case for me. So you're constantly updating your, your portfolio and it's going to get better over time. So don't wait till you reach yeah. this uh, level of perfection because it's never going to be there. You're going to learn new stuff. You're going to implement it. Your work is going to get better. And so just can just keep on updating and learning yeah. and don't be. But I think this is also what is the fun about when you just realize uh, half a year later, okay, this looks now way better. What have I done here? And then you realize, okay, somehow I learned something yeah. new. And I think this is a really satisfying experience or really a cool experience to have when you, when you just yeah, see see the difference yeah. yourself. I don't and know. don't don't be afraid to put your work out there, even though it might not be the best work in the world. Just just put it out there and see and learn from it, and then yeah. Yeah, even that can help. I don't know. In the beginning, I put out a lot of work which I now not like <laughs> that much, and I think everybody does this. But a lot of people told me like, um, "Hey, here." There is no contrast or here this is looking like this and this helped me to to realize what i can do better and if i had never posted these pictures nobody had ever told me so so i think it's uh, important just to go for it and as you told not try to <coughs> so just have fun in photography and yeah try a lot of different i also things. think it can help to find um, people who tell you their honest opinion maybe don't show your pictures just to your mom because she's always gonna love your pictures maybe show them to people who are like uh, maybe have like another like fresh view on it and also gonna help you with like pointing out the things that are maybe not perfect because um, this is the only way you, you're, gonna, you're gonna improve otherwise you're just gonna think like oh my god i'm awesome i'm gonna send this to national geographic but uh, yeah, maybe not so much and also, oh, National, Ge totally National Geographic is not the, yeah. the only, uh, I mean, that's 
that's the Olymp of, of let's say travel photography, right? There's so much more stuff like local, like local magazines, in-flight magazines. If you if you are about if you want to sell pictures, stuff like that, maybe don't maybe don't start with National Geographic. And and I think there is a lot of misconception on social media, right? Like people only see the tip of the iceberg out there, oh, yeah. and they don't really see all the hard work that is behind each photo. So don't think that just because we are travel photographers, we are traveling all the time and taking pictures. In yeah. fact, I think we do more of everything else but that. We are absolutely editing, we are sending proposals, we are, yeah. Constantly getting rejected. <laughs> yeah, constantly yeah. getting rejected. Exactly, you're going to receive a lot of no's and you yeah. got to keep fighting and don't compare yourself to others, only compare yourself to yourself and to the person you were yesterday, right? Definitely, definitely agree. Yeah. Also, you you don't see all of the pictures that we we do not post online, right, or on the website. And I mean, at least for me, there's like True. yeah, there's stacks of and stacks and stacks of of bad images before I get one. I'm I'm like very happy with and I'm like putting out there. Definitely, I like I'm, I'm sure you guys also have the same thing. Like uh, just to give a perspective for the people who are watching, um, like the last trip when uh, me and Marcel did a collaboration together and we were traveling uh, the south of Germany all throughout Bavaria. And all we had was like three to four hours sleep a day. That's it. And we were always on the road uh, hunting for new spots, uh, traveling, hitting the place before the, the weather or the light changes. And uh, we were working like 14 to 16 hours or 18 hours, something like that. And yeah, with the laptop stuff, <laughs> about 18. 18 to 19 hours. So it's 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 a lot of uh, work that goes behind travel photography, of course. And it's not only to get the perfect picture, but it also involves how you uh, plan uh, in executing the picture and what you wanted to do with the picture later as well. So all these thought, all these things that comes that should be planned before. Uh, each trip. <laughs> yeah, I think actually one of the mistakes that I that I consider that I've made a couple of times is not planning uh, enough on bringing the right gear, mm -hmm. right? I'm planning on the transportation and how am I gonna, yeah, how am I gonna move from one place to another? At what time I wanna be there? What am I gonna do? But then I'm not considering what if it rains or what if it's super cold, right? So. You have to bring uh, all the, the cleaning kit to clean your camera and bring something for the rain and be prepared for everything that can happen. Like all the details that we miss is, yeah, we, we, we miss a lot of things, right? So <laughs> we have to consider a lot of time planning more than executing. Mm -hmm. yeah, especially when you shoot wildlife, you need to oh be my God, really yeah. prepared. Definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. I'm always surprised, like every time when I see Marcela's picture, how big of a bag she wears. If I were to do the same, I would carry my tent, food and water, that's it, and a smartphone to take the pictures. <laughs> how do you plan and how do you plan and what do you pack in your gear every time when you travel? Oh, well, I mean, in the beginning, I was like, yeah, travel light, go light in spirit, just take one or two pairs of uh, different clothing. And, and now that I got more and more into photography, this thing of travel light doesn't work for me anymore, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we have to take, well, I normally take, I take one camera when I'm traveling just for, for if it's a personal travel, 
And if I'm working, I like to take two cameras in case something happens to one of them. I work with Nikon, so I take my two Nikon DSLR cameras. Of course, I would like to change to mirrorless soon because they are they weigh less. But <laughs> you've got the D850, to... right? Yeah, I have the D850, and I used to work with the Nikon D7100, 7100. So yeah, and I take different lenses. So for portraits, wide angles, telephotos, standard lenses, and I also like to take filters sometimes to give a different touch to the photos, like uh, long exposure shots and and stuff like that. You always have to consider a tripod, of course. But if I'm gonna go hiking, I normally think before what I want and what kind of photographs I want to make. And I try to go as uh, weightless as possible. Maybe only take one lens and one camera and maybe my tripod, right? And that's it. So, yeah, I always have to consider and think through what I want to do and pack according to that. Oh, this is what I love about shooting cities. You don't need that <sighs> much preparation. You can come to the spot uh, one more time or whatever. But yeah, I also have experience in shooting landscape and I, yeah, I know it's a lot of preparation and mostly you really have like 10 to 15 kilos with you. Yeah, plus the clothing uh, yeah. and food and... <laughs> <laughs> also maybe maybe one, like because people were asking how to work on your portfolio and how much time it takes. So one big misconception for me in the beginning was while I was traveling a lot, but I never put the main focus on photography because I wasn't traveling alone, but with other people who were not into photography. Same. I think, and what I learned now, it is important to, I don't know, you always hear that, but like get up early, stay up late for the good light and don't expect to get the absolute killer shots if you're just walking around by chance with other people who are not into photography. Of course, you might get like one awesome shot, but you really normally you really really have to work and like to try two or three different times in the morning same location to to capture this really great shot and us photographers uh, don't mind being two hours or three hours in the same spot yeah. right so yeah, yeah it's exactly. better if you go with someone that's going to be <laughs> in yeah. the same channel as you are yeah because otherwise they probably wouldn't be happy with like you guys uh, editing five hours after shooting for 12 hours and only sleeping for four hours because that's not the idea other people have of, of like holidays. So um, maybe <laughs> find someone who's also passionate about this kind of stuff who gets up with you early in the morning or otherwise do it by yourself and just be aware that this could be like an obstacle if you're traveling with family or with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whomever. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny way to put it, but yeah, definitely, totally true. No, but I mean, if you travel uh, like to the other end of the world and you're only going to be at this location for like two days or something, um, you, you really want to get the shot, right? So um, there's no, not really a point like getting up at 11 o'clock in the morning because your significant other wanted to sleep in or something. So just be aware. Maybe people could be aware of that. Yeah, it always looks nice in the pictures, but it's uh, mostly exhausting to, to get all of this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's also fun. So this is... Uh, the... If you enjoy photography, it absolutely is fun. But I could imagine like if, if you're more mm -hmm. like one of the smartphone shooters who are like, okay, got it, let's go. Um, 
well, at least with my girlfriend, it was a long time like that. that she was not really pleasantly mm -hmm. surprised and, and staying at some place for hours. How is this for you, Conrad, when you are traveling, for example, to Asia, what year? <laughs> you, will, you will laugh, because last, uh, the last trip I did, um, the initial one-month trip, I, um, my whole baggage was 8 kilos or 8.5 8 kilos. <laughs> So everything included, not only camera stuff. I only brought, I only brought uh, one camera and two lenses, um, which fit in a small small camera bag and one smartphone, and that's that's it. That's that was my gear for the one month Asia. Um, but the, this was a private trip, to be honest, or more or less private. Um, I had I surely have some more gear when I when I go out shooting. I take a tripod and stuff like this, just in case. Um, but normally very light like I, I really enjoy only go on trips with smartphone sometimes it really happens when some client want me to capture smartphone pictures of the city i really only go with a smartphone or two smartphones <laughs> that's something i find really inspiring right like it, it's a proof that you don't need to have the best camera or the best equipment to take the best photographs right and that creativity is in uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's the best but uh, for me a smartphone is really a good tool um as I take quite two-dimensional pictures, so I don't get too much into details. I get too, don't get too much into bouquet and all this uh, depth of field stuff. So I can easily uh, get a, take a smartphone for most of my pictures, and it looks still the same, has still the same aesthetics, still the same quality, almost. Um, and yeah, I, I just like it. Like on my Instagram account, at the moment, it's more than eighty percent smartphone pictures. So, and that's this is since one year or something. So um, I kind of got back to more intuitive uh, mobile photography. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really enjoy mobile photography in the last uh, time as well, because it's like you're so super light and so flexible. And I think it's easier to get creative and you don't have to change the lenses. Yeah, and there's one there's... backpack with you and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the the technical part, but this uh, the, the the main uh, advantage of mobile photography for me is that people are not aware that you're a photographer when you come yeah. to a place. Like mm -hmm. when you come with a long lens, uh, enter a building, everyone knows what you're up to. True. <laughs> and uh, if, if you just mm -hmm. in a building, True, and yes. uh, I mean for me it always works when I go over the smartphone. Nobody realized that I will take pictures there, and so nobody asks what I, what is my purpose and what I'm doing. So this is. In Next to the too. technical, uh, um, the light travel and the technical uh, advantages, this is my main advantage actually, to, to not be exposed as a photographer everywhere I go, which is quite helpful. Mm. I mean, out in the nature, for you guys, it's maybe uh, quite, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're uh, be seen with a camera or not, because there's not many people outside probably, but um, when I go to certain locations that uh, bring me a, brings me a good view of a, of a cityscape or something like this, like, I have to go into buildings and there's like um, a security or guys like this they would they would definitely approach me when i when i have a camera in my in my arm or in my yeah somewhere <laughs> i agree yeah sneakiness is important when you're shooting in, in, in the city yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some people are really cool like when you're entering and uh, when you just tell them like i'm entering to take pictures they're like oh okay yeah you can go to this floor you have a nice angle don't go to the other floor where all the other people go from here the view is better they even give you suggestions some people are really cool that way but sometimes you have to be kind of sneaky 
<laughs> yeah, I was surprised in Barcelona. Most of them let them in when you just mm -hmm. ask. Uh, yeah, but for a few, it's, it's not possible, definitely, with a mm. normal camera. Yeah, it's the same like with drones, right? You always have to... to drones yeah, is even more difficult, sure. I, I think. But you yeah. have to always consider. And of course, if you're going to take photos of people, you have to consider asking for permission first and not be too intrusive and things like that, right? I see that Sofia is asking here, how do you choose where to shoot? And, and from different angles. I would like to leave this question for you guys uh, in the cities. How do you find these different angles and cool perspectives of all the buildings? Uh, mostly it's like with a lot of planning. Um, I often uh, nearly all the time scout the locations in Google Maps before and see how I can access it. Um, which angles are possible. I also always check the sun angle. So from where the sun is coming, when is the building lit, when I have I to be there for the shadows and all the stuff. And mostly I, I have one shot in my mind before I go, which I really want to take. And after the shot, I just stroll around and try everything spontaneously. Um, sometimes the shots afterwards are even better, but uh, mostly the one I planned before works the best for me. And it's also really satisfying when you have something on your mind and then afterwards on your computer you see the final result and you're happy with it. Uh, to me, that's a really nice feeling. But I think you made a good I mean, yes. Sorry. I think you made a good point that uh, don't just go there and take this one shot you had in mind, but also keep exploring afterwards. Mm -hmm. So you might even find mm -hmm. an yes. even better angle or something or you might find something around the yeah, corner agree, where it's yeah. worth coming back the next day or the next week or in winter or whenever and uh, just keep some notes of the stuff you're finding um yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> when when is it open when is it easy to get in and uh, yeah jonas is asking here um do you usually fly drones when you're abroad even if it's illegal <laughs> I think we've all done it. How, how, how can we kick him out? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I met uh, Fabian, do you remember Fabian? When when, when we met, we were uh, sneaking in a building. Just, uh, yeah, you, you do a lot of illegal stuff, like getting in places without permission and trying to pass unnoticed. And, well, but I think it's always important to consider that you are not... Um, <laughs> putting someone else in danger or putting yourself in danger. Yes, so, most, most I mean, maybe yeah. as long as it is in your possibilities and you're not really risking your life or someone else's life, <laughs> don't go too extreme. Yeah, especially now that more people are dying from taking selfies worldwide than from whatever <laughs> shark attacks or shit like that. So yeah, maybe don't, don't push it too far. Yeah, know your limits, definitely, when you fly a drone, definitely. Yeah. I never did it. <laughs> I tried it a few times, but I'm always shaking. I know, I know. <laughs> so only when, I, when I need a drone shot, I have one friend who's really experienced, and I say, hey, come over, I'm going to spend you a meal or whatever. <laughs> Take this with your drone, and uh, most, <laughs> most of the stuff is done in a few minutes. Yeah, but I don't, I don't uh, have a drone uh, at, uh, at the moment. Hmm. I mostly have to act to start and land the drone, so I can just fly around a bit in between, and the difficult stuff is uh, he taking care of. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's it's cool. Like uh, because Marcel is also kind of uh, like being responsible and doesn't take uh, the steps that he's kind of unsure about. So he gives me uh, the parts which needs to be taken care. So this is kind of very important. Like as um, Fabian mentioned, like we should be super careful uh, and take care of ourselves and, and others. This is the main priority. And then comes the fun part. So uh, you can, of course, practice a lot even in different places. Here, even in Berlin, like when you uh, leave the six kilometer radius, you can still practice in a lot of different fields. So uh, I would say like uh, for the drones, definitely need some practice before going crazy outside. <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. don't, don't take the risk before you're confident enough. Mm -hmm. So are there any other questions? I think I would like to ask you something. What is your your purpose with photography or what what is your why you shoot photographs? All of you. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. what, why, what do you find the motivation in photography? Like, is it sharing? Is it, um, making someone else happy? Is it, what's, what's your main goal with photography? Somebody else want to start? <laughs> well, uh, so, um, I, think I shoot mostly for myself actually in the, in the very first place mm -hmm. and this is also why I don't I mean I only show like a fraction of, of the work I, I created but I feel I mean often people ask like oh but don't you feel like you are not experiencing the place when you're only looking through the viewfinder but for me it's actually the the opposite way around through photography I I, I actually see a lot of places at different times of the day and like pay way more attention to certain like landmarks, objects, mountains, whatever it might be. I'm not just passing by, but I'm really sitting there like watching the light. So I feel uh, I get it afterwards, hopefully a deeper understanding of the place than people who are just like jumping out of the bus, looking at it, taking a snapshot, leaving. So I guess it's different when you, when you spend a lot of time at, at one place. So I think it's it's a better for me. It's a makes a better travel experience. Yeah, like pay, paying attention yeah. to the details, right? Yeah. Also, getting up at three o'clock in the morning in the city. Who who else is like really experiencing a foreign city at three o'clock in the morning? It can be can be very interesting. For example, a lot of people will never never see it or never get up if they don't do it for photography or whatever <laughs> weird other reason but yeah, uh, true. <laughs> yeah so for me yeah i think it really enhances the whole travel experience for me definitely agree yeah for me it all, it all started as a fun like as a few people love traveling uh, when i started this like uh there was not so much of this uh instagram presence uh, happening that time so it was all Facebook only that time so I was just traveling different places my goal was to just take pictures of the places I've been to and share it with uh, my friends and family and then I, I grew interest over this field and started investing more time in learning uh, what I can do with the camera and it took me almost like one first one one and a half years to kick me out of auto mode to manual mode 
I was always thinking, uh, like, why would people even do that? Like, um, uh, in manual mode, you have to control everything. And in auto mode, the camera does everything for you. You can just click a picture. And also, I was not shooting in RAW at all, like, for uh, almost one, one and a half years. Also, just in the thinking that, okay, it take, takes up so much space. And also, some of the computers cannot view uh, raw images directly. You have to load it in another software to view it. So I was like, why, why people go through all this pain? And um, <laughs> then I learned it the hard way. And of course, like over the period of time, I started investing on myself and learning new skills and trying out different things. It's always comes, uh, it always comes to practice, practice, practice all the time. Like you will, it's really hard to get uh, the right shot the first time. And uh, that's when I found this uh, website, 500px where uh, if you click on the picture and you scroll down, you can see the settings to the images. So that was my main learning tool. I did not uh, learn it from any school or anything. So just from the 500px, when I see a certain settings, I go outside, try that setting, come back and compare uh, with the primary image. And uh, yeah, always trying to see how I can beat that to make it make the scene even look better. And yeah, then I started social media and then of course uh, all things came up on the way. <laughs> yeah, 500px is a great platform. I would I would encourage all beginner photographers to, to take a look into it and there's there's a lot to learn from it. Very nice work. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And now it's always like, uh, it's for me personally, it's uh, always that when I'm sharing something, like when I do something and share it with people, I don't have the feeling of insecurity to myself because I'm sharing it doesn't mean like i'm losing uh the secret it all also pushes me to learn something new to make myself better in what i'm doing right now so uh this is why i started uh, after a long struggle i started youtube channel uh because i'm completely not used to having my face in front of the camera always try to stay behind <laughs> Took, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> how did you how did you find the motivation to finally do it because i'm thinking about this stuff since i don't know for how long but i'm so uncomfortable in front of the camera i know yeah. i know yeah. it's so funny <laughs> tell us about it so what i i did right here like even it's uh, still challenging for me but i'm not shooting with my regular dslr I'm using a compact camera and uh, keeping in front of me. So I feel uh, it's less intimidating compared to a DSLR, uh, you know, like, and of course, since we are uh, uh, spending so much time in making our photography better, uh, like we don't settle down easily with the video quality. Like you always, we always try to overthink it, but I, I thought like, okay, if I, I don't do it now, I will never do it. So I started it. Of course, my first few videos are really shit. Like when I compare to what I'm doing right now, and I did not even make videos for longer, just like two or three months, but I already see so much difference. And it's also, I understand that it's a time which I spend to improve my quality, uh, my skill and the quality. So yeah, I would definitely advise uh, to start and this is also one of the reasons why I was not joining TikTok before, because it's also one of the social medias that's blowing up right now. Yeah. And I was always like, when I go there, I always I see that, okay, this is completely different kind of content that uh, I would make or I have to really make. But uh, after some time, I just, uh, I'm in the platform for last one week, I'm, and now I'm enjoying it because I know what kind of content people like. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to put different types of content in different places. So in my Instagram, I'm just posting about travel pictures. In my YouTube, I'm posting tutorials uh, about editing and uh, photography. 
and gear and everything. And in TikTok, I'm posting more of the, the content that the people over there might like. Yeah, it's, it's important to be present in all of the platforms, huh? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yes, I would highly recommend that. I'm trying to manage this all in the free time that I have after my nine to five. So this is why like I'm not able to go overboard, but I think like when there is an opportunity, definite, I would advise everyone to do that. Same with LinkedIn, like uh, LinkedIn is amazing to to blow up your content and create amazing connections uh, within a few days. Like also same, like I started link, uh, LinkedIn for my profile uh, about a month or a month and a half ago, and now I have almost uh, 500 connections there uh, with people of similar interest. And maybe if you are, if people are posting like the right content, uh, and if someone might be interested, they might contact you and you can get easily, easily a yeah, job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think multiple channels. I saw someone here asking definitely. about uh, how to start going international as a photographer. And I think yeah. this is part of it, being present in all the different platforms and reaching out to people. I think also LinkedIn is one of the the, the better ones at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because most of the people who are using it are business people, uh, not a lot of kids or normal people. All people on LinkedIn do business somehow, so it's easier to reach the people you have to reach as a freelancer. I also started six weeks ago uh, on LinkedIn and it's really, really working well. You can grow super fast, you have a good reach and it's really a strong German audience over yeah. there. So uh, it's really recommended. Yeah. Are there any people listening still? <laughs> because I think we're already over time <laughs> for our talk. I think we still have like seven minutes now, uh, 2.30 or are we already? Yeah. Thirty. Ah, okay. I thought it was 30, yeah. one hour exactly. So, okay, okay. Then we slept. Sorry, that was my fault. Um, yes. Um, maybe if there's no questions at the moment, maybe uh, you can all tell one of your favorite travel, <laughs> travel uh, mo moment, memory, or whatever, or maybe your most, uh, your most uh, embarrassing or something. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Anyone? Oh no! <laughs> um, I think I would like to to share maybe one of the most beautiful and at the same time difficult times that I've uh, lived in photography. Um, there was like two years ago. I was on this expedition in the Andes in Bolivia. And we were trying to summit Huayna Potosí, which is a 6,000 meter mountain. And we were, we were climbing up and it was freezing and it was still dark. We, we had to start walking in the middle of the night. But then it was, I don't know, like six o'clock in the morning or five and the sun starts rising. I had the camera with me. And of course, the batteries in my in my jacket pockets because they consume too fast with the with the cold. And I saw a moment that I wanted to to capture, and it was when the sun was rising, and there was one of my colleagues, uh, one of my friends, walking behind me. And then I turn around and I see him, and the sun was coming out on the horizon. So I take my camera and try to to make a photo of the moment. 
and it was still low light so i had to shoot at like one over 20 of a second so i had also to hold my breath and try to not move and 10 seconds later i was realizing that i couldn't feel my hands anymore and that i was freezing and that my face and it, everything my i couldn't feel my fingers and it was difficult because it hurt a lot <laughs> but then i realized uh that, that that that's that's what matters for me is is about it doesn't matter if i don't feel my fingers it doesn't matter if i'm freezing it doesn't matter uh, whatever i feel but what matters to me is uh making people feel what i was uh, experiencing in that moment, right? The, the beauty of of nature and what's out there. So, yeah, when I when I saw the results of that image and and seeing it out there, people enjoying what I was seeing, it's uh, a, a big reward for me. So, I think that was beautiful and difficult at the same time, but it's part of it. I agree. In a major trouble uh, while having a photography set while traveling. Sorry, come again. Was that a question for me? Uh, did any of you get into a major trouble somehow, like in a photography session on traveling? Actually, for me, yes. Like when I was living in China, I wanted to travel to some places, but uh, I kind of learned it. In a, in a diff difficult way that I booked, I was there at the spot. I've had my hotel reservations and everything. But one thing uh, uh, is that in China, when you're traveling, you have to make sure the place that you are staying has a permit to allow foreigners to stay. And this place did not tell me that. And I was there and I couldn't uh, check in at a hotel at all. Like in the, there, there were no places in that small little town that can accept foreigners. So I had to like, instead of staying there for three or four days, I had to come back in half a day just because like I did not have, uh, like I couldn't stay anywhere there. So it was one of the trips that I wish I, uh, like I could have done. Like I have not ex explored a lot of China, even though I was living there for a few years, just because of the fact that you have to do a lot of preparation uh, and understand which uh, places can accommodate you or know a local in every place or travel with the local so that they can get a reservation and you can stay in the in the hotel. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong is a different story. Hong Kong is super international compared to a lot of places in China. Uh, you can almost stay in all the places. But in China, like even the places which has a permit uh, can be super expensive compared to the other, all the other places. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Hong Kong, never, never been to Asia. So it's definitely Ooh. on my well no uh, I, i'm kidding i've been to to nepal, been to nepal no. Elias, that's the only yeah that's in asia yeah so that, that's in asia so but yeah there's no. a lot for me to explore out there <laughs> yeah i also had like i also used to live in china for a year and we had a research project in tibet and there also chinese people are not like really keen if you uh, take too many photos in Tibet and they're like monitoring you basically all the time. And almost at the end of our trip, it was through university. They, um, they had uh, police sent over and wanted to confiscate the SD cards. 
which they did no. in the end, um, but we, we backed it up. So still got still got the footage, but yeah, always back up your stuff. And maybe if you are traveling to places like that, have a VPN connection set up in advance. Great advice. Like send as much stuff home as you can, because you never know in the end you might lose everything. This was still back in the days when it was like 16 gig cards or something like that. Um, so it was not like a huge financial loss, but it would have been horrible to lose all of the all of the footage in the end. So um, yeah, Chinese people, yeah, they 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 don't they don't really understand uh, the, the fun when 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 it comes to that. That was like super German, but. That's why I think it's also very important before you travel, consider and, and do some research on the culture of the place that you're going to, right? So oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely absolutely. Something to Especially in, in uh, primarily Muslim countries, for example, we've been to um, parts in, uh, or, or cities in Indonesia where um, people don't really appreciate having their photo taken, especially men when they think you're going to take a photo of their wife or something this can this can lead to a very difficult situation so definitely do your research on the local culture before always yeah and what about any difficult situation that you've been particularly um, mm, not i'm not in a very dangerous situation but actually when it uh, when i uh, uh, make up my mind. There was one that was a bit tricky also in China, <laughs> in Shanghai. Uh, uh, when we came with uh, my girlfriend in 2016, I think, yeah, 2016, mm -hmm. and we wanted to get up on uh, some rooftops and uh, went with a local girl. She was in uh, ex like rooftop urban exploring community a lot. And uh, then we went to one very classic uh, ledge that is um, in 100 meter 50 150 meter height uh, and you have a view of the whole skyline and stuff like this but you have to enter the residential building sneak in and uh yeah hide a bit uh, because there's cameras everywhere <laughs> and we had a slot of 10 minutes we said like not more than 10 minutes and uh, I, after three minutes there was a, a security guy coming up to us and like really screaming uh, really loud um and uh, we were really lucky because he wanted initially to call the police and if the police once is called it's very tricky as you said um but the, the girl that was with us she was um, able to speak in chinese and uh, could calm him down <laughs> the security guy but he was uh, really mad at us um that was a bit tricky but uh, not too much like i, I experienced more severe situation actually here in Berlin. <laughs> but, uh, for example, in the um, last, uh, last thing, thing uh, also in 2016, we were um, detained because we went to a one building rooftop in House der Statistik, and uh, there was, uh, um, we were standing on the edge and taking photos, and people thought that one of us will commit suicide. No. So they and there was like 15 police officers coming and uh, emergency cars and everything and we wanted to hide in the building because we were unsure if they are still aware that we are in the building um, and the building has like 1000 rooms like literally so we were locked in one of the rooms uh, which is completely empty the building and um, yes then they come with a megaphone and uh, shouted at us like we should leave the building and we we just stayed there for an hour or something and it was like 15 police officers with 30 police officers or something in the, uh, they they 
got around the whole building and then they came with dogs even. No way. <laughs> and then and then we tried to to go to the front roof, which is on the second floor, or second or third floor, and try to jump down from the front roof. But there was all, everywhere there was police officers, so they could see us immediately when we were, when we hopped out of the window. And uh, they came up to us and they, they re really got these handcuffs. And um, even the, the Bild Zeitung, like a big newspaper here in Germany, they came and take took photographs of our detainment. And there was it was a big in media next day. <laughs> and some people uh, even uh, recognized me on the picture. So it was, it was quite embarrassing, but uh, it wasn't, wasn't a travel oh, movie, so. Sounds like a good way to get uh, some extra exposure. Yeah, so they, they did tag me or something. They just said, like, uh, you know, like harassment of uh, private property and... Uh, They also they also wrote in one article there was a, like a few a few newspapers and uh, in one article they said yeah uh, selfie what was it like a, a selfie shooting <laughs> like <laughs> we are standing like this uh, oh, no. <laughs> wow wow that do you still have the snippet to the article sorry do you still have the snippet to the article yeah I can I can I can, yeah. I can Google this right. <laughs> I'm not very proud. But, um... Wow, well, that's quite a story. It would be very fun to to look at it. I'd love to. Wow, something something I think I've learned also along the way is to always consider the worst, right? You you never know what's going to happen, and when you're out there, almost always never goes as planned. So just be ready for it and flow with it. And so Sophia here has asked if we have any photo expeditions that to be part of, like uh, Marcella, you and uh, Fabian, you guys do private uh, tours, right? Or are like planned tours to explore? Um, also it's actually one on of the, the things that I would like to to start doing, like organizing trips with groups and doing uh, mm -hmm. photography trips. You know, so uh, we are going to be like a group of five to ten people, and then we're going to go. Uh, to somewhere remote and take photos. Um, yeah, I would be happy to to let you know once I start doing them. Yeah, so I'm I'm only running uh, photo tours and workshops in in Berlin because I'm I was born and raised here, so I feel like I know the city very well and can like offer value during these tours. I. Um, Don't just by just by myself. I don't really um, run any kind of tours in other countries or, or even German cities because, yeah, to me, it feels like you should know the spot really, really well in order to add value to someone else's uh, holiday or trip or photo trip, whatever. So, uh, for me and Marcel, like we have done one or two walks with Beezy together, like uh, have a photo walk together in Berlin. Mm -hmm. Also, sorry. Yeah. Always recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Also for networking, I think those photo walks are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can also learn a lot. Yeah, so. definitely. I think uh, the one one last advice is um, just go to. Tricky. <laughs> oh, sorry, I think I'm losing you. <laughs> no, just go go where the the other. Where there's always people you can learn from, right? When when I'm traveling and there's some other photographers there, I'll, I always try to ask all the questions and be close with them, and that's always going to be uh, learning for free. So get as close as you can, and you're going to learn a lot. 
especially when you have a trip coming up, you could just try and make contact or get in contact with local photographers through Instagram. They, you, you're going to save a lot of time and um, might even want to hang out with them and learn from them. And maybe they are nice enough to take you to their favorite spots or whatever. It's always, I think, a good first step if you're traveling and coming to a, first, uh, coming to a city you've never been before. You're not, maybe not too familiar with or something, then yeah, just reach out to people on Instagram. Most of the time, they are like, pretty happy to help you. So we are at time right now. So maybe uh, as a quick thank you to everyone of you guys and also the people who joined us. And yeah, let's uh, leave our social media handles uh, here in the chat for our, our people to reach us out quickly. Oh yes, promotion. And <laughs> and if they have any questions, uh, yeah, they can always reach us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, guys, thank you all for listening. Yeah, at close, even afterwards, uh, don't be shy. Contact us if you have any questions. We always help you out. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I think I learned a lot from you guys today, and very very good sharing this with you and I hope to see you soon. I hope we can meet soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. All right. Thanks guys for talking. Bye. 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 B